It had effort, intensity, and a replay review. A botched one at that. It had 28 free throws, 26 fouls, and yes, complaining to the referees. It came down to the last possession and ended, on all, of all things, a defensive stop. Ladies and gentlemen, if you thought I was talking about the NBA Finals, you are wrong. I was talking about the 2018 NBA All-Star Game. And with that said, let's dive right into it. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Sports Talk with Swag. Uh, thanks for joining us. Um, by us, I mean me, because uh, I don't have a guest today, but uh, that's all right. This is going to be a quick little So, Just wanted to uh, talk a little bit about the All-Star game that happened last night. Um, I was very, very happy with how the whole weekend went. Um, very pleased with how the new format for the All-Star game went, so I just wanted to break it down a little bit. Talk about what I liked, what I didn't like, and uh, we'll have you on your way to your next uh, your next podcast. But yeah, just that was um, <clears throat> an excerpt from a Bleach Report article that I started the episode off with, um, and I just found it very fitting because, like I said, you you know, reading that with no context, you think it was about an NBA Finals game, but it was the All Star Game, uh, which you know is not very. Uh, similar to how it's gone in, in recent years, which is one of the main things that I wanted to talk about. But, um, I mean, there's just uh, all the players are enjoying it too. Kyrie Irving said, this was pretty fun. Uh, Kevin Durant said, the game was so good, one of the best I've been a part of. Um, Steph Curry said, the new format just gave us an opportunity to hit the reset button. We are able to take ownership of the game and understand there's a way to up the level of competition and intensity a little bit, protect each other, and avoid injuries, put on a great show, and have an actual game, not just an up-and-down pseudo-dunk contest. Which, the end of that quote I'm going to come back to in a little bit, but right now I kind of just wanted to talk about the actual game itself. Uh, the final score was 148 to 145 in favor of Team LeBron. Um, so a couple things just to unpack right there, but I mean, first of all, it was Team LeBron versus Team Curry, um, as opposed to East versus West, East versus West, which is what it normally was. Um, and if you need a more in-depth breakdown of the actual format, you can go back to the earlier episode uh, where we're Lawrence and I talked about the uh, format and what we thought of it. So, oh, you know, I'll give you a minute to go ahead and and skip back to the episode and give it a listen. All right, so that obviously makes sense now. You know what we're talking about. So basically, it was the top vote getters in the East and West. They picked the teams, and so it was LeBron and Curry. And going into the game... Uh, I think most people had Team LeBron winning. I think a lot of people thought that his team was kind of way better than Team Curry, which I was definitely of that mindset. I thought that there was definitely um, no chance that Team Steph would win. Um, They were leading for a while there. I believe they had the lead going into halftime, um, but then 
Team LeBron came back and ended up winning in the in the final seconds of the game. Uh, it was very entertaining. Um, lots of back and forth. Like it said, there was um, fouls and uh, replay reviews and you know defensive effort actually being put in, um, which was great to see. Um, but yeah, I have the numbers here. There was actually. 28 free throws uh, and 26 fouls, which is pretty... The fouls really jumps out uh, for an all-star game, but the free throws is pretty, you know, along with the fouls, pretty unusual um, because there's actually defense being played, which was great to see. Um, I, I think there was only positive comments coming out of the weekend on the new format and the effort that was put in because, uh, you know, a lot of people said that you know, especially after last year with how that game went, um, people were kind of questioning the effort as to, you know, people putting into the, the game because there was just no defense put, being put in whatsoever. It was just everyone and anyone just chucking up as many threes as they possibly could or just letting the leaving the lane wide open for someone to do, a, you know, 360 between the legs, backflip dunk. Um but I mean, last year the final score was 192 to 182, um, and like as soon as the game was over, Chris Paul, who's the NBA Players Association president, called Adam Silver, who's who's the NBA commissioner, and was just like, "We need to fix this. Like this is ridiculous. No one's trying." And I think they did a great job. I think this is one of the best All Star games we've seen in a very long time. I was very happy to watch it. It was entertaining, but it was. You know, as an all-star game should, you know, people were able to show off a little bit, but it was also entertaining in the fact that it was a close game throughout. People were really putting in a lot of effort and trying. Um, yeah, I think it was great. Um, my, uh, I do have like a couple things that like I still think could be changed and could be better. Um, the first of being, which I think is going to be fixed next year, which is um, televising the the draft of the teams um i know that both team captains said that they wanted it to be uh televised i know there's i think there's a couple reserves or some players in the nba who were saying they didn't want to be televised because it could cause drama or whatever but i mean i think the majority of people wanted it to be and i know adam silver after the game said yeah i think we're gonna i think we gotta televise that next year because it's it's just it's it's lighthearted fun it's entertaining you know it's just they're picking teams because they they want to win, but they want to have fun. So it's just cool to see, you know, you can get like an insider's perspective and see like why the players, the captains are picking which players they are. And, you know, you can just see that all go down and, you know, reactions and stuff like that. So I think that'd be good TV. I think it'd be entertaining. And I would just like, you know, to watch something like that. Um, another big thing that I, I'm just sick of in the All-Star game is, like I mentioned I'm just sick of all the three-pointers. Um, I don't think that was solved this year. I think that's still an issue. Um, I mean, I have the numbers here. Let me pull them up. So this in this year's game, Team Steph attempted 65 three-pointers and made 17 of them for a 26% field goal percentage for three-pointers. And Team LeBron 
put up 58 and made 19, so they were at least at 33%. So, I mean, they were making more of their shots, but, I mean, over 100 three-pointers taken in the game, which is just, it's ridiculous. It's kind of insane. I mean, Team LeBron took 58 threes and 120 total shots, so they were two shots shy of that being 50% of the shots they took. Team Steph took 65 three-pointers and 124 total shots. So they actually took over 50% of their shots being three-pointers, which to me, it's not entertaining, it's not fun, it's not even really skill-based anymore because, like I said, you know, 26% on threes is not, I mean, it's not awful, but it's not great. I mean, when you're taking 65 threes, though, it's it's a little it's a little much. I mean, the individual stats for Team Curry were not great for threes either. I mean, you had James Harden who was two of thirteen from three. You had Steph who was three of eleven. Kyle Lowry was zero for eight. I mean, it's just I'm just kind of getting sick of the threes. I mean, the best three-point shooter on their team was either Joel Embiid, who was two for four, or Clay Thompson, who was five for ten. I mean, it's just, it's a little much for me. I kind of, I almost wish that they would take the three-point line out of the game in the All-Star game. I think that would be a great, I think that'd be a great thing to change up, actually, now that I think about it, because no one's just going to come halfway up the court. I mean, some of these shots were so ridiculously far out. And a lot of them weren't going in. So, I mean, instead of just people pulling up from 35, 40 feet out and airballing a three, they're focused to, you know, they're forced to focus more on their skills and, you know, getting to the hole or taking, like, a nice open shot. And, like, if they get a great, like, open three-point look, you know, from that range, take it. And, like, you'll get two points for it. So there's no incentive to get to take more because it's not worth three anymore. Um I know some of you are probably thinking that's a dumb idea or it's bold and that's, you know, you're getting rid of part of the game. But, I mean, the three-point line wasn't in the game for so long and they only added it in years after the NBA started because people were taking those shots from so far out. They're like, wow, this is impressive. Maybe we should make these worth more points. But all that to say, I kind of, I would rather it be a pseudo-dunk contest than a pseudo three-point shootout because you can't even just when you look at the all-star weekend saturday night you know the three-point contest as opposed to the dunk contest it's just no question which is more entertaining uh which by the way i'm glad that they're back to you know this format for the dunk contest i think it's i think it's great to give everyone their individual time as opposed to i think it was like three or four years ago when they just had everyone going at once and there was like two minutes for everyone to go all at once. And it was terrible because some people didn't even make a single dunk. But that's besides the point. Um, one thing I did uh, I did enjoy, and w- which I do want to commend about this new format and this year, was the score in general, which was 148 to 145, which is, first of all, just a very close game. It was literally decided within the last 30 seconds of the game. Um, but just the individual scoring as well, which is something I want to I want to point out because there was no one just kind of taking over the game and people just letting them score at will. I mean, you look at last night, the highest scorer on Team Steph was DeMar DeRozan, and he had 21 points 
along with Damian Lillard, who also had 21 points. And on Team LeBron, the game-high points to LeBron, 29 points, and the next highest on his team was 19 to Kevin Durant. Now, if you compare that to last year, first of all, the final score was 192 to 182, so 80 more points in total being scored, more or less. Um, You had Anthony Davis score 52 points, and on the same team, you had Russell Westbrook scoring 41 points, uh, so that's you know 93 points between two people right there. Um, the year before, 2016, 196 to 173. They, they literally almost 200 points for one team. Um, and let's see. You had Russell Westbrook with 31, Kevin Durant with 23, Steph with 26. James Harden with 23, Anthony Davis with 24. On the other side, you had Paul George with 41, John Wall with 22. You know, a little more balanced, but you still had a 41-point game. And on the West, you had one, two, three, four, five people with 20-plus points. Going back to 2015, final score was 163 to 158. A little better, a little lower, a little more competitive. But again, you had James Harden with 29 points, Russell Westbrook again with 41 points. Um, 2014, let's go back to there. On the West, you had Kevin Durant with 38 points, Blake Griffin with 38 points. I mean, it was just, the point I'm trying to make here is that in a lot of All-Star games past, it was kind of more focused on individuals showing off, you know, you had someone scoring 52 last year along with their teammates scoring 41. And then you had a pair of teammates both scoring 38. And it was just, it, it sounds like it'd be entertaining to watch, but it really wasn't because majority of those points were just open layups and open dunks where people were just standing there and not playing defense. They're all waiting on the other side of the court so they could just chuck up a three. But in this game, the highest score was 29. No one scored over 30 points which is great, and it was so evenly spread out up across teammates too was the scoring. So I just think that's great. I think that's it provides for a more entertaining game. It provides for it to be closer and more competitive, um, and I applaud Adam Silver and the NBA for taking this. You know, It was a bold, a bold step to change up the format of the game because this is the first time it's ever been this way You know, for – I think this was the 66. So 65 years in a row previously, it was always East versus West. Um, and they were running into these issues. Um, so I think it was good that they changed it up. I liked it. Uh, I'm hoping for some more improvements, you know, in next year's game. I think that they will. I think Adam Silver is a great commissioner. I think he's always listening to the fans and, um, you know, the culture of the NBA and what they are wanting. So I'm excited for, for the All-Star game next year. I think it's going to be great. Um, so that about wraps it up for, for that portion. But, uh, before, before I let you guys go though, I did have someone who watched the all-star game with me, um, along with the, the, uh, the interviews and the halftime report and all that. And, uh, they have a few words that they want to say. So I'm going to, I'm going to let them hop on the mic and speak what's on their mind. All right, so 
the two team captains, LeBron James, Steph Curry, uh, understand why they're the, I don't know a lot about basketball. In fact, I know nothing except for what Justin's told me. So obviously they're the, they should be, they, mm. words are hard. Words are hard. Obviously, they're the team captains because they're the best player in the NBA and the second best player, maybe, in the NBA. And, yeah, like, so I get it. Steph's really good or whatever. Blah, blah, blah. Um, Except that he has been in the NBA for, like, nine, eight years, and only for half of that has he really been, like, a top contender. And LeBron James has been in the NBA for 15 years, and he's been the best player the entire time. So my question is, for Steph, why can't you, like, get it together, man? Like, you're a team captain, and when interviewers are asking you questions about your team, and when you're, like, giving plays to your teammates, you can't form a sentence, like, you can't enunciate Like, it's not like this, you know, like, I'm not ragging on you for, like, you know, not using real sentence structure or whatever, because I don't either, but, like, you literally just, like, slur all your words together. Someone's like, hey, Steph, like, who's the best player in the NBA? And you, full of yourself, are like, I mean, I am. What is that? I didn't understand that, Steph. You're annoying. And also, like, you're 29 years old. Like, and you're this big public face, like, you can, you can enunciate just, like, a little bit. Like, it's very annoying to watch you and, like, hear you talk to people and just not be able to enunciate. Like, it's very, very frustrating. And then on top of that, like, you just look so dumb next to LeBron James being so full of yourself. Like, he's the best player in the NBA for 15 years. Like, He's one of the best athletes and you're just going to like be right next to him as his second best and just be extremely full of yourself. Like, no, like take a page out of his book and humble yourself. Like he's got all the money. He's got, you know, all these things. He's the best player. And yet he's still humble, like most of the time. And for the times that he's not, whatever. Like, he's been the best player for 15 years, so we can give it to him. But, like, you've been, like, the second best for four years, and you're not ever going to become the best. Like, you only got a couple years left in you, and guess who's going to be in the NBA that whole time? LeBron James. So, I'm sorry, but you just need to be a better person. And I feel really bad ragging on you, because I'm sure you're a super nice guy, But, like, Justin showed me a picture of LeBron with his family, and it was so cute, and he was, like, the dorky dad, and then, like, you with your wife. And you just, like, were all about, like, the pose and being, like, stylish and, like, whatever. I don't like that, dude. Like, you can't, you can't enunciate your words, and you're pretty full of yourself. That's, like, a big no-no for me. And uh, I don't watch basketball for the sport, so if you don't have that going for you, I'm not going to be on your side. Some of Justin's, like, least favorite players are my favorite because they're that chill. And you are very bad on my list. And, again, I feel terrible for saying this because I don't know you. You're just living your life. Like, I'm just... I shouldn't be ranting. I shouldn't be. Feel better? Yeah, a little bit. I'm, I'm sorry, Steph. I... 
I'm not trying to be mean. I'm not, I'm not really a mad, I'm not a mad, I'm not an angry person, I'm sorry. He forgives you. Okay. Thanks, Steph. Well, there you have it. A non-NBA fan's take on Steph Curry in-game and his enunciation issues. I think if this gets to him, I think it'll really change him. I think he'll have no choice but to enunciate better. And uh, he'll be a better man for it. But uh, outside of that, I want to thank you for listening. Uh, You can follow the podcast Twitter at STWSCast on Twitter. uh, You can visit the website, um, sportstalkwithswag.simplecast.fm. You can follow me on Twitter at jgravy5. And uh, other than that, I want to thank you for taking some time to listen, and uh, we'll see you in the next episode. Peace. It's Sports Talk with Swag.